Welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure. I'm Jay Dylan Proctor, and today in the absence of both Amanda and Anthony, we're going to have Tyler with the Dark Horse Garage come on and guest with us. We're going to be talking about the importance of valuing Christian virtues and how that shapes how we interact with the world around us. As people have ceased to understand things such as honor, shame, and personal character, we have looked to place value on people in other ways instead of the, the ways that we have traditionally valued people in connection with virtue. After that, we're going to talk a bit about whether or not society can actually force people to behave in certain ways. Eventually, we're going to come around to talk about the Antichrist and the role that plays in our world today. In fact, I don't think the Antichrist is a single being, but instead it is a tool. That's right, the Antichrist is a tool which different people use. In fact, it's a language-based tool for using, well, language to cause chaos and destruction in the world. It sounds crazy, but bear with us. So, in fact, I'm actually going to split the podcast into different pieces this week. I'm going to actually put a separate podcast out where I'm talking specifically about the Antichrist because it's a, a worthwhile conversation that I would like for us to have. But for now, I want to give a little bit of an introduction before Tyler joins us on Skype. There's a couple of articles that I want us to talk about before we get into our conversation that I think will help us frame the conversation that Tyler and I are going to have. Um, I don't like to do too much content that is time-specific, but both of these articles have something about them which really transcend time because they both tap into issues which are pretty much going on constantly and have been for the last few thousand years. The first article comes from The Daily Caller. And it's about a school attempting to ban Jesus from a graduation speech. Then we're going to go on to the Washington Free Beacon and talk about something involving Israel and Palestine and how that reflects the sentiment of both fake news and the Antichrist. And of course, we'll get into all of that more as we go. So let's start with this from The Daily Caller. And Rob Shimshock is the reporter who put this article together, and it's called School banned student from saying Jesus and Bible verse in speech until nonprofit got involved. I'll put a link to it in the description below. So basically what happened is a Colorado University banned a graduation speaker from mentioning the name of Jesus and reading from scripture. They said that the school cannot have anyone read from any one particular religion. Of course, those of us with uh, rational minds look around in the world around us and see that there's really only a, a select few things which this argument is used against. And of course, the Judeo-Christian values are one of those. Um, our culture does not have a very good definition of what a religion is, and people are highly religious about things other than, well, their faith. People are religious about uh, being environmentalists. You see people who are activists of all sorts, and they've taken that activism to the level of it being a religion in their life. And of course, this university came in and said that you cannot mention Jesus in the speech. However, a nonprofit got involved and things started to change. At first, when this student, she was coming to make this graduation speech, they said, you'll, you'll face repercussions if you, you mention Jesus and read from scripture. However, a nonprofit sent a letter to the school. And it's interesting, once somebody sent a letter and there was a little bit of lingual language in there, that said that the school may be doing something which violates the rights of the student, suddenly the school completely turns around and says, oh, it was a mistake. You can go ahead and make the speech. This is important, not just because of what has happened within this article, but it's important because we live in a world where there are people who are always trying to, to suppress the gospel message. They want to let other ideas flourish, and they want to do away with the very concept of free speech. 
This has been going on for a long time, even longer than the West has had written documentation that people should have a right to free speech. But people are always trying to suppress the gospel, and they're trying to suppress free speech and even civil liberties. The reason why I bring this article up is because it sheds light on where we're at in our modern culture. People, they've tried to remove the Christian virtues from the world around us, but it hasn't actually led to, to what people expect. This is going to come back up when, when Tyler joins us. So take some encouragement because we can push back on the culture and win. And it starts with us as individuals pushing back on the culture. If we want to win back our culture, we have to, in our lives, stand up to things which are just not right. Now, I realize that it comes for a really high cost for people to push back on things. Things. Most of the people who are activists, and I'm not necessarily telling anyone to go out and be an activist. I think activists generally get on the nerves of everyone. Activists oftentimes are people without a, a full-time occupation. They may not have a family. They're not established in life. These people are often not the most entrepreneurial people you see, and they don't have that much of a career and a family at stake when they go out and do these things. Most people who have a well-established career, they have a, a family life that they're heavily invested in, they've built something for themselves, uh, maybe just in their personal life, they have a huge reputation that's at stake. They can't just go out and be an activist. They, they're more concerned with their family. They're more concerned with, with other outlooks in life. So there's a huge setback for those of us in the church to go out and fight these things. I realize that. It's not an even playing field when you have other commitments and responsibilities in your life to go and push back on these things, especially when these people are so vicious in the way they attack. But at the same time, when we as individuals, we push back, the culture can be turned in a better direction. So I will leave that there. The next article I want us to talk about is from the Washington Free Beacon. And it's called Gazan Boast about or Boast to NPR about driving Israelis crazy by putting swastikas on firebomb kite. Quote, we want to burn them. So this is a very interesting article, and this is put together by David Rutz, and it involves an NPR journalist by a different name. Again, this is not an NPR article. I don't know that NPR would, would let this be revealed in the exact way that it went down. Again, this is where our we get into things like fake news. But anyways, this happened. You can go out and, and look this up. I'll put a link to this particular article in the description below. So it reads as follows. A young Palestinian man boasted to the National Public Radio on Tuesday about putting swastikas on incendiary kites and flying them into Israel, saying that Jews go crazy when they see it, and we want to burn them. Okay, so we've got a 19-year-old a um, Gazan who's outside... What the mainstream media is currently referring to is protest outside Israel. Well, this is around Jerusalem, the Gaza Strip, the whole deal with the U.S. moving its embassy to Jerusalem. They try to connect it to that, but this stuff's been going on for a long time. There have been many people who have hated Israel and the kingdom of God for a long time, and this is nothing new. One of the things that's interesting is that places like NPR, they always want to paint that Israeli forces, they are the ones who are the instigators, and the, the poor Palestinians, they are just... You know, they're victims. However, reality does not match that, which brings us to the conversation of the Antichrist. And yes, I'll come back to this article in a moment. I firmly believe that the Antichrist is not a, a single being, but instead it is a tool that different people can pick up and wield. It is a language-based tool. If Christ is the Logos, the Word of God, the Antichrist is, well, it's the Anti-Logos, it's the Anti-Word. If Christ gives order to creation, well, then the Antichrist gives destruction to it. I firmly believe that the Antichrist is a language-based tool that anybody can pick up 
that brings destruction to the world. In other words, it's when you communicate, when you do writing, you do speaking, and you tell people things which sound true, but it's not. It may even be technically true, but it's not. Again, if you want to hear more on that, stick around to my conversation with Tyler, and I'm also going to put a separate podcast up just on that topic. But what we see happening here, and we'll get this in this article, you'll get this if you listen very carefully, it says, NPR host Steve Inskeep reported live from the Gaza Strip after a wave of violence on Monday following mass violent demonstrations at the border fence with Israel. He spoke with a 19-year-old Gaza resident who was holding a homemade white kite. Quote, this is a kite that is going to go to the Jews, end quote, said the Palestinian through a translator. The incendiary kite designed to catch fire was decorated with writing claiming that, quote, Jerusalem for Palestine, Palestinians, end quote, with swastikas, which was, of course, the symbol of Nazism, decorated on us as well. Inskeep, the NPR journalist, comes to this 19-year-old Gaza residence and he says, quote, why do you put that on there? End quote. The Gazan replied, The Jews go crazy for Hitler when they see it. Now listen to this next quote that Inskeep has. Inskeep says, He says, The Israelis know that people are flying kites with swastikas. They know this, and they use it to discredit you, to say this shows that you're bad people. What do you think about that? All right, that statement is the very sentiment of, of the Antichrist. It's not bringing order to the world. It is using words to bring destruction to the world. And again, I think that's a good working definition of the Antichrist is to bring destruction to the world through language. He realizes that there's actually a 19-year-old, again, it's a kid, 19-year-old kid out there with an incendiary kite. He's sending this over, over the wall to create destruction, maybe kill people. And he comes up there and he's more concerned with painting the narrative that Israel used this to discredit you you're the victim here, remember? Go ahead and do this, but remember, you're the victim, is basically what he's saying to the kid. And the 19-year-old response to this is this. Quote, this is actually what we want them to know, that we want to burn them. And that about sums up the whole situation. The NPR reporter wanted to paint the picture that, again, the Palestinians are victims, and the Israelites are the perpetrators. One of the things that you can consistently find throughout history, people who go after Jews, people who go after Judeo-Christian values, well, they're people that, that are generally of destruction and chaos in the world. They're, they're not people who are necessarily being intellectually honest or even intellectually sufficient, but they're looking to drive a narrative in the world. Anyways, both of those articles, they really ring true throughout time. They're not just relevant to today's moment here in 2018, but they, they follow relevance throughout the world because these themes, they occur time and time and time again. Anyways, we're going to have a segment break, and then when we come back, Tyler Donnell is going to join us on Skype, and we're going to have a great conversation, so stick around for that. today is Tyler from the Dark Horse Garage. And Tyler, go ahead and give yourself a, a plug for your YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Tyler. You can find me over at the Dark Horse Garage on YouTube. Um, currently been busy still uh, trying to get some stuff out, but it's things have been a little busy lately. Oh, I can understand that. Uh, so let's get right into this. There's been a couple of things come up in our culture. When you look around, you see 
what's going on in the world. I want us to talk a little bit about the behavior of others and how we deal with good and evil in our world. There seems to be this huge conflation between good and evil. Hopefully, we'll get through enough questions to eventually talk a little bit about the Antichrist and what I believe the Antichrist is. But let's just start with this. You really can't force the behavior of others. We're in this interesting place in time. You look overseas, you see things going on in the UK. People are being taken to court over what they call hate crimes, and people are even being prosecuted successfully over this. You have this mentality where there's a lot of people who want to appease everyone else. There's this idea that we can bring in a bunch of different people. We'll have some sort of cohabitation with, with different mentalities. And if anyone attacks other mentalities, they can be suppressed. And of course, this is not used evenly across the board. There are certain ideas which are suppressed more than others. And we're in this really weird place in history where we don't actually have the freedom of speech that we should hope to around the world. And even places like the United States and in the West, there's this new movement of people trying to suppress the speech of others because people are doing things they don't like. One of the things that I think is fundamental to understanding humanity is that you really cannot force the behavior of others. This is especially true in crisis moments where only one party is initiating violence against another. However, one can stop behaviors if they have the proper tools. What are your thoughts on all this, Tyler? What are your thoughts on you really can't force someone else to behave the way you want them to, but if you have the right tools, you can shut down certain behaviors. What are your thoughts on yeah, this? Uh, so, yeah, you can potentially stop the negative behaviors of somebody else if you do have the right tools. And uh, I guess a prime example right now is there's a viral video going around of a, a woman in Brazil. I believe she's a military police officer or some type of law enforcement agency or agent, I'm sorry. And uh, she subdues a evildoer that came upon herself, other children and other women, or excuse me, small children and other women. Uh, uh, he, he approaches them with a handgun and when he's not paying attention, she draws a weapon from her purse and subdues the evildoer until authorities can arrive. Um, I've seen where people say that that's a bit excessive um, people agree, people disagree. Uh, I, I really hate that people get stripped of their rights for self-preservation um, in, in crisis in a instances and immediate, uh, I guess, uh, crisis in that situation that are, that happens so fast. Yeah, you really sure. don't have time to react. And that's probably one of the only things you could do is, you know, protect yourself with a firearm. But, um, this well, guy, he, he intended on fully carrying out his his mission. But sure. if it wasn't for her, you know, acting in a split second in this crisis, you know, he, he probably could have done he he could have potentially taken lives or he might have just taken their money. I don't know. But I would hate to find out. Yeah, you, you can't ever tell in these situations how far people are going to go. But they've already initiated the, the violence. They've come to a point where they said, this is what I'm doing. Death and destruction can come. You brought up something that I think is a really good point. You know, you, you only have so many choices in that moment. When I was younger, I used to, my family, we've had a cattle farm. And when I was in college, I did a lot of managing of this cattle farm. We had quite a few cows. And I had some people, even a girlfriend at the time, who came out. And I used to carry a bullwhip with me. And I never actually cracked the bullwhip on a cow, but I've cracked it next to them to, to spook them. And we were 
we were working cattle one time. We were actually giving them shots, and we were running them through the, the pens and whatnot. And she was like, why do you have to have a bullwhip? That's just mean. That's animal cruelty. And I said, well, you don't know what they're going to do. And she's like, well, if you spend enough time with them and just love on them, they'll all be nice and tame. Well, as the day unfolded, we had worked several cows, and it always happens that the meanest, angriest cows are the ones that you get towards towards the end. There was a particular cow, which was an older cow, much older than, than the others, and she was a mean cow when she was younger, and it had probably been about five to seven years since I'd seen it do anything aggressive. A lot of times, old female cattle, they will go and they will try to work their way up the horning order, and if they, they have horns, they can do a lot of damage to one another. Well, anyway, this cow, which I haven't seen mean in like five to seven years, decides that she's just going to show out. And cows can be quite aggressive. They'll come and they'll try to, to stomp you down. They'll try to run you down. And I had to get the bullwhip out and crack it next to this thing. And it turned around and got itself wedged in between a barn and a, and a panel so that we could get out because it was trying to, to stomp us down. And after that, I was like, this is why you have to have a, a bullwhip. In that moment, I have no idea if that cow is going to be nice or gentle like it's been for the last five to seven years or it's going to snap into something else. I do not have enough time in the world to go and sit with every single cow 24 hours a day and be able to predict their next movement. You cannot force someone else or even something else's behavior. You just can't. And even if it has a long track record where you, you just don't know, you cannot force someone else's movement. I, w I would like to, I'd like to add, a, add to that with just a little personal story. Uh, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, shortly after the Colorado shooting in the, the, for the, ba the Batman movie, yeah. um, probably a few about a month or so went by or a couple months me and the wife decided to go see a movie and uh during that movie the mass notification system went off which if you're unfamiliar with that it's like a fire alarm but it's just for anything other than a fire alarm so if right. uh you know natural disaster whatever is happening other than a fire alarm it's gonna tell you what to do well this system went off mid-movie and the group stood up I stayed in the seat, and I told the wife to sit down. I was like, just wait, and let's see if we hear anything. I didn't hear anything, and I seen that the group was heading towards the lobby. Personally, I decided that probably wasn't the best move, because, well, if something was going to happen, there might be somebody in the lobby. Yeah. So I, I scanned the exits, and I was like, give it a second. We're going to get it when we're going to walk towards the exits. So we walked towards the exits, and there was actually a few ladies that followed myself and the wife towards the exits and um at this instance i didn't know if i was going to need to use my firearm or if i wasn't going to need to use my firearm but i had it with me just in case and uh, i took my time i scanned the exits i went through the tunnels and i went out we made it outside fine and we waited a second outside to see if there's any authorities any any sirens or anything coming waited and then we finally started walking back towards the mall and seeing everything was okay that it was just a glitch in their system. Mm. But just out of necessity, I knew that I needed to, one, protect myself and my wife, protect others, and try to lead a path away from the group that could be susceptible to uh, an incident in the lobby. Oh, sure. And that's the thing is when a crisis situation comes, you have no idea what the future is. Again, we have hindsight looking back, but we don't have a, a magic crystal ball looking to the future. And that's just one of the things people don't ever want to take into account. Well, moving on to the, the next question I wanted to ask you, which is a bit more of a statement, and then I'll gather your thoughts. Christianity, at its core, understands that you don't force the behaviors of others. This is something which has been critical to the, 
orthodox teaching of the church all the way back to to Jesus sitting down and talking with Nicodemus and saying, you know, you have to be born again. You have to be willing to receive the testimony I'm giving. The church has understood that Christians are to witness to one another. In other words, we don't force other people's behavior. Love does not force people to to behave a different way. Love creates opportunities. In other words, in the church, Christians witness to other people with the hopes that other persons will willingly, as an individual, receive Christ. They will willingly receive the, the testimony of Christ, and they will be transformed within, from within. Historically, Christianity has understood this is how you change the world. You cannot force people to behave differently, but if you want to improve society, you have to get people themselves to willingly receive the transforming power of Christ. If they will receive Christ, they can be transformed from within, and therefore you can have a transformation across society because people are being transformed inside because it's not going to happen externally. What do you think about all of that, Tyler? Man, I, I think that there's no laws. There's no government. There's nobody that can do it for you. Um, this goes back to a lot of... Uh, a lot of other things we've discussed in the past, such as personal responsibility and everything else, it, it really comes down to you and your your behaviors are derived from within and they're, that's where your morals should lie and your li- your morals uh, should be kind of derived should be derived from your teachings of, of Christ and, and your uh, or whatever your belief system is. You should have some morals instilled from from your belief system. Uh, I just don't think it's something you can just change. For somebody, it, the key word there uh, is willing, willingly, uh, and and without the willingness to change yourself, it'll never happen. Yeah, and people they've they've tried to say, well, we can legislate away violence. You can't really legislate away violence. I mean, one of the key principles about someone who is antisocial and is a criminal is they don't care what the laws are. Either it's happening yeah. in the heat of the moment, and they're more moved by the impulse of whatever situation is in front of them, or there's somebody who's thought this out. There's somebody who has actually had some premeditation about whatever behavior they're about to, to carry out. So you really you know, back, just, yeah. Back, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but back back to the the viral video or, or any instance that's been the the topic's been firearms. That's a heavily debated topic. You just you you don't know what people are going to do. You don't know what they could use. It may not be a firearm. It might be a baseball bat. Who knows? But stripping the rights of other people from their protection isn't going to ensure that the evildoers are going to change their mind yeah. and become morally correct overnight. Uh, they're going to find a way. And that's that's one question I like to propose to people is, if this is illegal, then how did they get insert object here? Right. Uh, you know, and anyway, well, I still, always like to make the distinction that there are mediums in the world. And when I say medium, medium. I'm not talking yep. about somebody who is, you know, getting out a Ouija board trying to talk to spirits, but it's like a canvas that a painter uses. <laughs> There is the primary expression of someone's intent, and then there's the medium where that intent manifests. And you've got people who want to do evil. They've got some act that they want to carry out. They will find a medium. Sometimes it'll be firearms. You look in places around the world where they have, um, they try to confiscate guns. People use vans. They use acid. They use knives. People are going to find a way for evil to manifest. And... To pretend that that's not the case is just intellectually dishonest or it's intellectually deficient. And either way. Well, the next thing I wanted to ask you, Tyler, and you brought this up, people need a moral system to fall back on. And as we've looked at the world around us, we have had this movement where people have tried to secularize largely children. They've, they've tried to have this mentality that, you know, 
teachers, they, they try to forbid teachers from imposing morality on it. Even when adolescent teens, they end up in like a detention center or something, they're told, you know, the counselors can't force any sort of belief system on them. They just have to be waiting for whatever the children will reach out for. And speaking of reaching out, I think, um, is that I, Eleanor? I think, I think Loki's reaching out oh, to me. Loki's let me let him speaking. inside real quick. Hang on. You're good. This is the beauty of doing things live. And it's kind of fun. Dog needs to go inside. Okay, back. Well, anyways, as we have had this movement trying to remove belief systems, saying that people would just be open-minded if we remove a belief system, this hasn't actually been the case. As people have moved away from Christian values and, and even Jewish values, we have lost the ability to actually value one another. You always hear these straw man arguments that, oh, because you don't validate whatever weird um, Tumblr persona I've created for myself, I'm, you know, I'm a furry, I identify as a, a MTF or something like that. Uh, they say, well, you, you say I'm not a human. It's a total straw man. I've yet to find any mass movement saying that people aren't humans. In fact, if they weren't, if people believe that whatever weird thing people come up with is not human, there would probably not be any fuss about it at all. People say, well, oh, if you talk about uh, illegal aliens, then you're talking about them as if they're not human. This is, it's a ridiculous argument that no one's making. There is no argument out there that says people aren't humans. Um, that's, that's the mass um, opposition when they want to have critical thinking about this stuff. But as people have moved away from Judeo-Christian values, they've also moved away from the way that we value people. In other words, modern people tend to think that our value is only found in one's monetary worth or the amount of power that is obtained. This is a huge thing in our modern world. People will say, well, this is how much you get paid. This is how much power you have, as if that's where a person's worth is found. Historically speaking, within the church, people have found that their value is found in how much honor they have, the virtues that they have in their life. Again, if somebody has a, a reputation of being very virtuous, they're a very honorable person who doesn't do a lot of shameful things, that was worth a lot in society. Now, that did not necessarily mean that you got a lot of power or money from being somebody with a good reputation, but you were valued in the community as being somebody that's just a wonderful person that's part of society. As people have tried to strip away the things which are traditionally honorable and they, they want to say, oh, it's not shameful to do, you know, insert anything here that may be traditionally shameful. You know, people's antisocial behaviors wanting to indulge in stuff. They say, well, that's not shameful. If, you're, if you just want to spend your life not working and staying at home and pursuing some sort of artistic thing, you know, there's no shame in that. You don't have to be a producer to be um, of a person of honor and virtue. As we have moved away from those, we've lost the ability to actually value people because we're not valuing people based on their honor, their reputation, and virtue. What do you think about all of that? How does this shape our world where we're at now? Everything has been reduced down to monetary worth and, and power. Um, well, I was raised on, on two things, that you only got two things in this world. One's your word, one's your, second one's your honor. And uh, to, to gain your honor, you must be able to keep your word, and your word can be supported by your virtues and your morals. Um, that, that says a lot about somebody's character. If, if they say they're going to do it and they follow through with it, well, then they gain, they gain your respect. And I hope that I can gain people's respect by trying to keep my word and being persistent and uh, 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 staying motivated to advance myself or, or to, to stay on top of things and, and uh, make sure I look like a, uh, a decent person. Yeah. Um, 
I really would like, I like gaining people's respect and their trust. And, and without my word and my honor, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I think a prime example uh, of, of the undermining might be a politician. And, and you can tell me if, if this doesn't make sense or not, but the, I'm not going to say all, but it seems like the majority are out there just spouting stuff off, trying to get a vote so that they can stay in, stay in their powerful position and have monetary gains, health, healthcare gains or whatever, and part, probably not really have the best of your interest in their priorities sure. uh, versus their own. Um, and, and you also said, uh, something else about not contributing to society. Uh, I guess one could say that the welfare state is kind of, uh, yeah. undermining, undermining the, uh, the virtues and the honor. There's no honor. There's no, there's no virtue in, I guess, uh, setting a, an example for your children that the government's going to take care of you. Now, I understand if you're in a bind and you need help, everybody needs help every now and then. Yeah. Myself and my wife tried to get help from the government when I was in school, she was in school, we had our own place, we were trying to pay our own bills, I was working, she was not, we made ends meet. And when, when, when the government shut me down and, and said no, I went on about it and said, well, okay, I will never ask you for another thing. And I wish more people could be like that. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of happy to hear about some of the legislation, some of the re, uh, regulations they're putting on the welfare state. Right, and a couple of examples of what I'm talking about when I'm, I'm bringing up shame is, again, I want to make this clarification. If you treat people as individuals and not as some group hypothetical, you're never going to run into problems in life. And one of the, the so I do want to make that distinction. I'm not saying we should go out and shaming everyone, but at the same time from the aggregate level, if you're somebody who, say, has a child and you say, well, I'm not going to take care of this child, the government will take care of this child. I'll I'll give it up to the whatever system, whether it be welfare or something like that, uh, foster care, you know, historically speaking, if you were not willing to take care of your own family, there was, there was shame in that. You, you yeah. should be willing to take care of your own family. You shouldn't just go out and take advantage of other people. We have a lot of people now who not only take advantage of the welfare, but even private charities, things like what we have in the, the church, they prey on, on people with Christian virtues to say, oh, I'm, they're riding down the road. They see me at the side. I'm going to put a sign out that says, God bless you, knowing that I'm going to go. And again, if you live here in Nashville, you see this all the time. People who they, they take the money. In my own life, you've seen a lot of people. And I know this is just anecdotal evidence, but it's an overwhelming amount of anecdotal evidence. People are given money and they go across and they buy liquor or cigarettes or something. There's no shame anymore in taking advantage of people. Yep. Where in the past... You were told that you know you're a more valuable person, the better reputation and honor you have. It's not just about your your money and power, but your character, your virtue is worth something to society. Well, the last thing I want us to talk about, and we can incorporate with this with a few different examples. I want us to talk about the Antichrist, and I know you've got to run, Tyler, so we'll have to wrap this up pretty quick. But I've spent some time pondering the Antichrist. And I have found that the Antichrist is not a particular being, though it may manifest in particular beings, but instead it's a tool. The Antichrist is a tool, and it's a tool for the mind. It's a tool rooted in language. It's, it's a language-based tool for causing destruction in the world, and it works by telling of things which sound true or may even be true in some technicality. However, these things are false, and they do not match reality. Some examples you see of this, um, the modern world, we talk about fake news. That's totally an example of this. 
Um, historically, things like sophistry, they are this exact thing. You might have someone who comes and says, for instance, take the Michael Brown situation where they, the news was throwing out an unarmed black team shot by a white police officer. Anybody who is a moral being who hears that, they think, oh, this was an act of racism. It was an, an abhorrent act. We need to go in and sweep down it and stop things that are racist. This is, these are things which are destructive in society. But as the evidence started to unfold, the whole hands up, don't shoot narrative, it turned out not to be true. You found out that a lot of the stuff around this really were not true. And as the evidence came in, there was no evidence that it was actually a racist thing. Now, for everybody who abhors racism, it preyed on them. It, it tried to manipulate them to react in a certain way. And that is what that was designed to do. It was designed to cause destruction, to push a narrative that didn't match reality, though it was technically true. It was technically true that a man without a firearm, though legally in some states, if you're bigger than someone else, you're not considered unarmed, not to mention he had grabbed the police officer's firearm. Whether or not you say that, you could make some technical case that he's unarmed, and then you can say he is black. That's technically true. The other man is white, and he is a police officer. All those things are technically true. But they're inconsistent with reality. They, they tell of an untruth. They suggest an untruth. And I think that is the heart of what the Antichrist is. Um, this is something which is sort of permanently relevant to the world. We don't even have to put a date to what we're talking about today, Tyler. Currently in Israel... There is, of course, the U.S. moved the embassy to Jerusalem, so that is something which is um, relevant in terms of time. But aside from that, there are this Palestinian riots and protests where they're trying to, to break in and, and do a lot of violence. And within the church, um, people are conflicted. How do we respond to this? Are we pacifist? What do we do? But what we see happening is there are a lot of people in the mainstream media who say, oh, these are peaceful, unarmed protesters, even though, and again, they, they insist that they're peaceful and unarmed, and then they say, oh, well, they're responding to Israel, or they, they may have to have a few, you know, pipe bombs or maybe some, some kites that are doused in something which will catch on fire. They have to have these to deal with them. They push a narrative which is not true, it, and they, they insist on it. And I think that is the heart of what the Antichrist is, is a language-based tool that can cause destruction. I think, you're onto some, I, I think you're on to something there. I think that language can be construed to uh, eventually, excuse me. I'm talking to Dylan. Give me a few more minutes. Sorry. Um, I, I really do think you're onto something. I think that uh, language can be construed and it could actually be twisted so bad that it could lead to our eventual downfall. Um, I'm not sure about everything that's going on in Jerusalem and Palestine and, and between them, uh, between them, but I've heard some, and I, I, I want to touch on the media. You're, you were talking about fake news and stuff. I, I think the biggest thing is, is that people shouldn't, uh, take everything that's on TV for granted or not for granted, yeah. but for to, to heart. Um, I think there's a lot of biases there, a lot of biases there. I think that there's a lot of propaganda there, uh, a lot of cover up. And and I don't want to sound like a uh, uh, conspiracy theorist, but I, I really do think that there's a false narrative pushed from the media. But I guess I could say it's true because we've seen it time and time again, just like the Michael Brown instance that you were talking about. Um, I think it's a way to subdue people and to, I uh, hate to say it, but low level thinking and to just this is your truth. This is face value. Take it as it is. When 
we have this platform that's huge called the internet, um, which is not always accurate. But I think you could reference enough credible sources to form a solid opinion and drive your own your own thought, your own statement. And if you could maybe on an individual level, uh, it might take some time, but you could actually push these truths out to people one by one and eventually have a collective group that says, ah, we don't believe you anymore. We think that these people are acting uh, rather savagely. And I'm not going to say that somebody deserves the capital punishment, but sometimes, just like we were talking about earlier, in an split-second instant crisis, you're going to have to make decisions. And maybe they made some good decisions. Maybe they made some bad ones. Yeah. Well, thank you much, Tyler. I know you've got to yep. go. And go ahead and give a, a plug to your YouTube channel real quick. The Dark Horse Garage, Tyler Darnall. All right, Tyler. Well, thanks for, for being with us, and have a good day, man. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us today. It really is a pleasure to have you as a part of our audience. And also we'd like to send a, a big thanks to Tyler for joining us today. Tyler is almost becoming somewhat of a contributor for us and we, we really appreciate that. If you out there, as part of our audience, you want to reach out to us, you want to talk to a pastor, you want to talk about theology, you're even looking for someone to debate, please send me a message. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter at jdylanproctor, just do a search and you'll, you'll find us. Again, if you would like to, to share our content, we would greatly appreciate that. If you enjoyed our content, one of the best things you can do is just to share it to your own page, grab a link, send it to your, your friends and your family. That will help us out tremendously. We really want to be able to help our world by providing original Christian content that's centered around critical thinking and adventure. Again, if you have any topics you'd like for us to talk about, please send them to me. If you would like to support the program monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash kingdom of the logos. And one of the things that I'm doing as we expand the program, I'm looking to put a lot of written material out there. Currently, a lot of that is on Tumblr. So if you go to Tumblr, or excuse me, if you go to kingdomofthelogos.tumblr.com, you can find us there as well. And again, always remember to exhume righteousness because our world is always trying to bury it, and we can't let that happen.